Matthew chapter 1. And let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you today. We can sing the song that the angels once sang. And Father God, that we can rejoice in the knowledge that our Savior has come. And Lord, as we spend some time now in your word, we pray that you would enable us, Father God, to give attentiveness to your truth. Lord, you would uh, enable us to understand your word. Lord, you guide me as your servant that I would have the ability to share your word in truth, uh, speak it clearly. Father, that which we study today might have an impact upon us for your glory. Father, just bless our time now in your word and May you receive all the praise and all the glory for this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as we approach Christmas yet again for another year, mind you, it only seems like last week we were celebrating Christmas last year, but as we celebrate Christmas yet again, it's my desire that we remember that Jesus Christ is our Savior, that we remember that he's the Redeemer of mankind, and that God planned it that way from the beginning. That we wouldn't lose sight in all the hustle and bustle of Christmas and all the hustle and bustle of the preparations that we go to in order to make Christmas special for our families, that we wouldn't lose sight of Christ, our Redeemer. And to help us focus on these facts, we started last week to look at some of the characteristics that make Jesus Christ a wonderful Redeemer. We saw last week that he is our pure redeemer in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. Today we want to note that he is our planned redeemer in Matthew chapter 1 verses 19 to 20. And as I said last week, we're going to spend the whole of the time up till Christmas in this passage of Matthew chapter 1. So next Sunday we'll do a couple more verses, then Christmas Eve we'll finish out the chapter. But today he is a planned redeemer, verses 19 and 20. You know, he didn't come by accident. Jesus Christ didn't come in hiding. He didn't come to be hidden. He didn't, his coming was a planned public event. It was never meant to be private. It was never meant to be secret. It was never meant to be a hidden thing. And it was never something that happened just by chance. Virtually everything about his coming was foretold by the prophets. And the ones who truly were looking for the Messiah to come, such as people like Elizabeth and John the Baptist and Simeon and Anna, recognized immediately that this one who was born in Bethlehem was none other than the Messiah prophesied in the Old Testament. They recognized him because they knew the Scripture. They recognized him because they believed the promises of God. They recognized him because it was a truth that had been foretold since the Garden of Eden. After man's sin, God had promised that he would send a seed of the woman that would crush the head of Satan. God had planned it from eternity past. And now 
in Matthew chapter 1, God's plan is unfolding for mankind to see. Now, not everybody believed the Messiah in the Messiah. Not everybody believed that Christ was the Messiah. But there was one man who did, and that was Joseph. He believed in the Messiah. He believed the Messiah would come. He was waiting for the Messiah to come. The only thing Joseph wasn't aware of, that he was going to have a part to play in God's grand plan of redemption. And he didn't know what that part was. And as we come to Matthew chapter 1, we find Joseph being confronted by God's plan, but not aware that God's plan initially is unfolding before his very eyes. And I want you to see, first of all, this morning, Joseph's reaction to the coming of the Messiah in verse 19. Then Joseph, uh, her husband, this is uh, Joseph Mary's husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. Now to get the context of this, we go back to verse 18, which says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was in this wise. When his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Before they came together, she was found of, ch of child of the Holy Ghost. Joseph is confronted with this very difficult situation. The woman to who he is betrothed, the, the girl who he is going to marry, is found to be pregnant. And Joseph is now aware of her condition. And being aware of her condition, he draws the natural conclusion. And that is that Mary has been unfaithful to him. And therefore, Joseph, her husband being a just man and not willing to make a public example of her, was minded to put her away privily. This discovery of Mary's pregnancy caused Joseph to decide to bring about a permanent end a permanent legal end to the espousal that he had to Mary. And we talked about the espousal last week, so I'm not going to reiterate it again, simply to say that the espousal was far greater than the engagement of today. He was, to all intents and purposes, married to her without being physically married to her. And he seeks now to bring a legal and practical end to the espousal. As we noted last week, unfaithfulness during the espousal period was considered just as great a sin as though she had committed adultery while being married. One commentator said, breach of faithfulness was regarded as adultery and was punishable by death in Deuteronomy 22, 23, and 24, unless the husband intervened and did not bring public charges. In this betrothal period, the consequence of Mary's supposed action, she got pregnant outside of the completion of the marriage ceremony, brought her to a place whereby she could have been put to death for her behavior. And that is, unless the husband intervenes. That's the betrothed husband intervenes. And this is what Joseph did here. He intervenes, because in verse 19 it tells us, 
that Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make a public example of her, was minded to put her away privily. And in this statement, and in this verse, what we find is Joseph's purity and Joseph's piety on display for us to see. As Joseph plans to end the espousal, we find that Joseph is a man of integrity. We find that Joseph's purity and his pity is on display. First of all, his purity. It says, being a just man was minded to put her away privily. He's a just man. It seemed as if she had broken her solemn pledge. This contract had been signed between her parents and his parents. The contract had been signed in, in before witnesses. The contract that had been sealed by the payment of the bride price. It seems to Joseph that she has breached this solemn promise. You know, Joseph must have agonized over what was the proper course of action under such circumstances. See, you and I, in the 21st century, we, we know the story. We know how it all turns out. We know that this was just a, a, a simple uh, verse in the word of God and Joseph was going to accept God's will eventually anyway. But can you put yourself in Joseph's situation here? What's Joseph to do? Joseph is a, is a just man, God's word says. And Joseph has just found out that the girl that he is pledged to be married to is found to be pregnant. And in such circumstances, what is he going to do? She could be put to death for her behavior. Or he can intervene, according to Jewish law, and he can have her put away privily. He can offer her a bill of divorcement and be put away privily. That's his choice. Now, we can assume that Joseph loved Mary. And he wanted to have her as his wife. But above all, the thing that stands out in this chapter is that Joseph was a righteous man. And he was a man of principle. And God declares it. It says that Joseph, her husband, being a just man, he was a righteous man. He was a man of principle. One who had a whole heart, with his whole heart, wanted to live in accordance with the will of God. You see, overriding everything that's going on here, no matter what his relationship is with Mary with regards to how much he cares for her, how much he loves her, how much he's desiring to marry her, over and above that is his commitment to his God. He's a just man. He's a righteous man. He is a man of, of, of great uh, integrity. He's principled. And he would not have been a mark of character for Joseph to marry an adulterous woman. If he'd have gone through with the marriage, it would not have been a mark of a godly character. And Joseph had too much character to do that. So he planned to end the espousal to Mary. It was, in fact, the only right thing to do had Ma Mary actually been immoral, if Mary actually had betrayed his trust, if Mary actually was pregnant in the normal way, the only right thing, the only godly thing, the only 
biblical thing for him to do was to put her away. You know, wise people should only marry those who are of highest character. And that was true back then in Matthew chapter 1. It's true today. We live in a generation where marriage is being chipped away at and has been made to be something that's not that grand anymore. But God's word makes it clear that this matter of marriage is one of, uh, of high importance. And godly people, wise people, marry those who have high character. So one's character is rarely revealed. So often, I should say, man, one's character is revealed by one's choice of marriage partner. Though Joseph, no doubt, had great love for Mary, he would not let his love for her compromise his purity. He stood firm against sin and would deal with it even in Mary. You know, many deal with sin only if it will not hurt their friends or if it will not hurt their feelings or if it will not interfere with their favorite pastime. But Joseph would not sacrifice pleasure for purity. He would give up Mary in order to be honorable in all things rather than marry her. He was a man of godly character. He was a man of godly conviction. He was a man of godly integrity. This man, Joseph, was an outstanding man. And God's not revealing to you and I the character of Joseph for no reason. It's important that we understand the man, Joseph, that we understand the kind of character of the man, that we understand the very person that's going to be entrusted with helping raise Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. You know, a few people today are acting as well as Joseph acted. You know, believers today marry unbelievers. Believers live worldly lives so they may be accepted. There's even a situation where believers lower their standards in order to be embraced by the world. Character does not seem to matter to many today. Even in the situation of choosing how to live and choosing with who to live. But in the case of Joseph, character came first. He put his God first. He put the word of God first. And everything else fell into place behind that. He would rather suffer now by refusing to marry than to suffer later for a very poor choice in marriage and disobedience to his God. His purity. We see also his pity. He says, not willing to make her a public example in verse 19. 
Not willing to make her a public example, his mind to put her away privily. You know, think about it. Joseph here, as he's sitting in this situation, he's found out that Mary's pregnant. And we're not told how he found out, but he's found out that Mary's pregnant. And, uh, you know, Joseph could not see his way clear to take Mary home, to live with him in a marriage relationship under such circumstances. And Joseph knew that God took, a very serious, took very seriously the breaking of a marriage vow. And that's what Mary has done. She's broken her marriage vow in his mind's eye. Now remember, he doesn't know yet that this is all of God. He has heard, he's heard on the grapevine that Mary, the girl that he's espoused to, is pregnant and maybe she's come and told him, or maybe the family's come and told him, but he's found that she's pregnant, and as far as he's concerned, she has broken the marriage vow, and Joseph takes that breach of that vow seriously, because he knows God takes it seriously. So what's he to do? He didn't want Mary to be exposed to public disgrace and scorn. So he decided to send her away quietly, to put her away privily. It sends there at the end of verse 19, was minded to put her away privily. But Joseph stood firm upon a purity and thus was prepared to end the espousal relationship with Mary. He did not want to do it without showing love and mercy. Now understand, what's going on here is not a compromise with holiness. It's not that, not that somehow Joseph wants to cover up her sin. I mean, you can't cover up pregnancy. Sooner or later, everybody is going to know she's pregnant. Sooner or later, everybody's going to know that Mary has had a baby out of wedlock. Everybody's going to know this. So this is not Joseph trying to cover up sin. This is not him trying to compromise with holiness. What we see here is the character of the man Joseph. Joseph was simply not going to blab Mary's sin indiscreetly around in public. He didn't want to be the cause of her shame. He didn't want to bring upon her more shame than already was going to come upon her. He was a man of pity. He was a man of integrity. Joseph has here a godly compassion and would deal with the sin as quietly as possible according to God's law. Now remember, there was two choices here under God's law. She could have been taken and publicly stoned or he could put her away privily, give her a bill of a divorcement and he could then get into his life, marry who he wants to and things would have been fine. Joseph's character was superb. He was going to deal with her discreetly and with integrity. Now, I said earlier, all of this is not written here just to fill in words. What God is doing here is showing to you and I that what we have in Joseph is manifested for you and I that, first of all, certainly he's a good man. But also, he's a man of sufficient character to be Mary's husband. And importantly, he is a sufficient character 
to be able to help raise Jesus Christ. Because remember, in those formative years, from a baby up, he needs, Jesus Christ is going to be just like any other child. Mary's going to need a godly husband to help her. Because the Bible tells in Luke chapter 2 that Jesus Christ grew in wisdom and knowledge with both God and man. And the man that Mary marries must be of sufficient character to be able to help her in the raising of the man-child Jesus Christ. And God here is spelling out for you and I the character of this man, Joseph. He's a man of integrity. He's a godly man. He's a man of purity. He's a man of great character. And you know, God planned all of this to his glory. While Mary's the focus, Joseph is equally important in all of this as far as God's concerned. And Matthew chapter 1 is revealing to you and I the credentials of the man who is going to be, for all intents and purposes, the stepdad of Jesus Christ. God planned all this. And we see this plan unfold even further as Joseph is mulling over this. Something happens that changes his life. In verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. God sent his angel to tell Joseph what really was going on, to explain the facts of the pregnancy. And so secondly, not only do we see Joseph's reaction, we see God's revelation. God's revelation. The angel comes now to Joseph as he's mulling over what to do and tells him exactly what's going to happen and exactly what has happened to Mary, just as he tells Mary in Luke chapter 1 and verse 35 that uh, she was indeed uh, to have a child of the Holy Ghost. Let's go there, please. Luke chapter 1. Verse 30, and the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, that which thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth the Son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom shall there be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So just as Mary has been told that she is pregnant of the Holy Ghost, the Lord is now about to tell Joseph the same story. Nothing is left to chance here. Nothing is left to interpretation. Nothing is left to misunderstanding God has a plan. And that plan is unfolding in the 
Gospels before our very eyes, we see God's plan that he has ordained from eternity past. He's revealed to us through all the Old Testament. God is now revealing his plan to us in minute detail, even to the choosing of Joseph. Not just Mary, but the choosing of Joseph, this godly man, this man of upstanding character, to have a part in the grand scheme of redemption that God has for you and I. You know, God didn't keep his re the reason for the pregnancy secret. God sends his angel to tell him about it, to reveal the plan to Joseph. And note, the angel of the Lord came to Joseph in the nick of time. It says, but while he thought on these things, Joseph was about to act upon his thinking. He was about to initiate the divorce proceedings for the espousal. He was about to end the betrothal. But God had a plan. And therefore, as always, his plan was on time. It's never late. The angel of the Lord appears just at the right time to Joseph. He revealed God's plan. And one commentator said, the fire will not get too hot, the water's too deep, and the wind too strong, and the waves too high, or the burden too heavy before God steps in to help. That certainly was true for Joseph, wasn't it? I don't know that you and I can begin to imagine the weight of burden that's upon the heart of Joseph at this time. He is struggling with something that is Deeply, deeply disturbing. As a man of God, this is causing him great grief. And the angel of the Lord steps in just in time. As God always does. We can count on it. But God will always intervene just in time. God is always on time. And is always there just when we need him. And the angel then tells Joseph, fear not, which is a common statement in this Christmas story. He tells Mary, fear not. He tells Joseph, fear not. He tells the shepherds, fear not. It's a common cry in the Christmas story. Fear not, verse 20. He said, behold, while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife. Effectively, he says, don't hesitate, Joseph. Going through the marriage. Don't have any apprehensions about the marriage. Don't have any apprehensions about her virtue, about her purity. Don't fear that she'll be unworthy. Don't fear that she is, she is not worthy of being your wife, that she will disgrace you. Fear not, Joseph. You know, Joseph had been diligent and was seeking to be true to the Lord. He wanted to follow God's commands. And all of that resulted in a definite plan and how to deal with Mary. He was going to put her away privily according to the law of the Lord. But all of that was about to change for God had a greater plan. The Savior was to be born of Mary. 
Now, it's interesting to note that in all this process that's going on here, Joseph is not acting according to his own will in any of this. God's not, Joseph is not acting according to his desire in any of these actions. The plan that he has originally was to marry Mary according to Jewish custom. That plan had been thrown into disrepair by finding out that Mary was pregnant. And so Joseph, supposing that she'd been unfaithful to him, now seeks God's will again and seeks to put it away privily according to the law of the Lord. And now God intervenes and is about to change Joseph's plans again, telling him that not to worry about marrying her because the child that she has is none other than the Messiah. But in all of this, Joseph was following the Lord. Remember that. This is not a man who is going about doing his own will. This is a man who is standing in the center of the will of God, seeking God's will at every turn. That's why God uses him. God's word was clear about what he was to do, about the situation that he found himself in. He, he was a man of integrity. He was a man of godly character. And as he finds out that Mary's pregnant, he has two courses of action, have a stone to death or intervene as her espoused husband and have her put away privily. This is his choice. And with the man of God that he is and the integrity he has, he makes the choice to do the right thing according to the word of God and put her away privily. He simply wants to obey his God. And it's because of his character, it's because of his integrity, it's because of his faithfulness to the will of God, because he was in the center of God's will, because he was living in accordance with the revealed will of God in God's word, that God now chooses him to marry Mary and help raise Jesus Christ. Beloved, we like Joseph should live in accordance with God's revealed will in his word for our lives if we want God to use us. We can't expect God to work and solve our problems if we're not living in accordance with his revealed will. If you and I are simply living according to our will, we can't expect God to lead us in his will. One commentator said, those who pray for God to help them pass a test in school can forget about God's help if they're not willing to diligently study for the test. Those who pray for God to supply their material needs can forget about God's help materially if they're, not, if they're too lazy to work diligently at their job. God's help will never be given in a way that will make people lazy or irresponsible. The truth is, God works with those who are seeking to live in accordance with his will. Not those who do all their own will and not his will. And that is why God uses Joseph. And that's one of the reasons why Joseph is chosen to have this vital part in the 
plan of God for the coming of Messiah. And make no doubt about it, Joseph is vital in the plan of God in this whole circumstance. Mary needs a man like Joseph to marry her. In the culture, the society in which she lives, no young girl can survive without a husband. She needs someone of integrity. She needs someone who loves God. She needs someone who is obeying the will of God in his life, who seeks the word of God to do the will of God. She needs someone like that to be willing to marry her in this circumstance. And in God's divine plan, Joseph is that man. He wants to obey God. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, towards the end there, the angel gives the Joseph two very important explanations in verse 20 down to verse 25. In verse 20, he tells him that, uh, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. The angel, first of all, gives to Joseph an explanation concerning the conception of Mary, that that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. He then gives a second explanation, verse 21. He says, And she shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all of this was done that was might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. God gives to Joseph, the angel gives to Joseph, Two important explanations. First of all, concerning the conception of Mary, that it was by the Holy Ghost. And secondly, concerning the child of Mary, this was none other than the Messiah. This was Emmanuel. This was God with us. This was Jesus Christ. And both these things, both these statements of Joseph, would make a dramatic change in Joseph's attitude. I don't think you and I can begin to imagine the tremendous swing in Joseph's emotions that he experiences right now. I mean, this day for Joseph starts out pretty much with despondency, doesn't it? He's found out the girl that he's espoused to betrothed to is pregnant. She has cheated on him. And in Jewish culture, that is a cultural no-no. He is grappled with what to do. He is tossed and turned about how to deal with the situation. And through the knowledge of the word of God, he has decided the best court of action is to put her away privily. But I dare say that you and I can imagine that Joseph's heart is broken. And then the angel comes and says, Fear not! Joseph, because the baby that Mary's having is not because she's been immoral, but because he's the Messiah. The promise of Isaiah, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth the son. That's Mary. She is the chosen virgin to bring forth the Messiah, the Son of God, Emmanuel, God with us. And Joseph, you've been chosen to marry her. Could you imagine the burden that's now been lifted? Could you imagine the joy that's there in his heart? Could you imagine the smile that's on his face? <laughs> I don't know whether he went to his room and was contemplating all this and as his parents saw him leave, 
They're wondering what was going to happen as Joseph leaves despondently and there's this black cloud hanging over him. And next minute he walks out of his room, he's got a massive smile on his face, a spring in his step, and the world has changed. Because this man who desires more than anything else to do the will of God has now been revealed to him the will of God for his life in this circumstance. And it's exciting and it's glorious and it's thrilling. And I'm sure he is now rejoicing. I'm sure his joy now knows no bounds. And Joseph now is ready to set God's will, no matter the cost, because his desire was always to do the will of God. Now, don't misunderstand this. There's great cost in what Joseph is about to do with regard to his reputation. As much as there's joy in his heart because this is the will of God for him, what he's about to face in his culture is going to be very difficult. And there would be great costs to this obedience. It's true, marrying Mary was going to be something wonderful. But Mary, remember, to all intents and purposes, to everybody looking on, seems to be unfaithful to him. The Holy Spirit has explained to him the cause of the conception is of the Holy Ghost. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Verse 20. Mary did not conceive by usual means. This was a supernatural pregnancy. Mary had, a, not, betray, had not betrayed Joseph. And this assurance, the assurance that the child is the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us, leads Joseph to accept the will of God. Verse 24 and 25. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, is the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. And he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. He called his name Jesus. Here in the angel's words, he obeys and he marries her. But you know, here in the angel's words is the easy part. In fact, marrying her is the easy part. What follows is the difficult part. For now he had to publicly follow the Lord's command. He had to publicly take Mary to be his wife. Now think about that. In his culture, Joseph is marrying an adulteress in the eyes of people. And in that day, it was something that was frowned upon in his culture. And yet Joseph follows God's command. Think about it. He had to publicly put up with the fact that his wife was pregnant and he wasn't the father. He had to tell people it was okay because, you see, the child that she's carrying is of the Holy Ghost. Try explaining that one to people. He had to publicly announce that the coming Redeemer was the baby that Mary was carrying. And remember, all of Israel hadn't seen an angel yet explaining this to them. But the angel's words 
must have filled Joseph's heart with joy because now he happily, willingly surrenders to the will of God for his life and takes Mary to be his wife. He was standing in the will of God and now God calls him this willing follower of the Lord to further follow him even in this situation. And here's an example for us, folks. We need to always be seeking to live faithfully by the revealed will of God. And when you and I are walking by the revealed will of God, God will lead us in his individual will daily in our lives. When God reveals his will, we must obey. God had a plan for man's redemption. Now Joseph knows his part in that plan. Jesus is truly the Messiah, the planned redeemer of mankind. Like Joseph, let's publicly profess Jesus Christ as our redeemer. Let's not be ashamed of him, the one who was born to die. This Christmas, let's praise God for our Redeemer. Let's give thanks to him that God planned it all, even to the choice of Joseph. Because, beloved, Jesus Christ is our pure Redeemer. He's a planned Redeemer. And for that, we can praise God that he is our Redeemer. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you, Father God, for the man Joseph. A man of character, a man of integrity, a man of a godly walk who was chosen of you to have a part in your divine plan for this world. And we thank you for his example. May we, like him, Father God, be faithful to your revealed will daily that we might be used of you in your particular will, whenever you need us. Lord, commend your word to our hearts as we give thanks today for our Redeemer. Lord God, that he came as you planned and that every part of his coming was planned by you to ensure, Father God, we would have a Redeemer who could save us, and we thank you for that. Bless now as we close the hymn, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.